Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Falcons are playing on Monday night. We need to move this gut reaction to Tuesday morning. So it worked out pretty well. And uh, gut reaction from last night. First of all, I'm Scott Kennedy, your host. Nick Kendall will be joining us shortly. He comes in in about 10, 15 minutes. We'll be going for about 35, 40 minutes this morning as we break down not just the Atlanta Falcons-New York Jets game, but the bigger picture, which is how is this team shaping up? Uh, you know, how are some of the players that 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 you're hoping will make a step up? How are they doing? How is the new quarterback looking? That type of stuff, because as I was on my way to drop my my kids off at school this morning, my son said, "Did they end up winning?" I said, "No," and he was like, "Well, that figures." I'm like, "No, that's that's diff- this is different. This is preseason." This is the first half of this game. The ones and twos look fantastic. The the Atlanta Falcons first team offense, first team defense, even some of the backups looked very, very good. And I want to get into that, including some of the uh, some of the specific players. Uh, I want to say good morning to Joe. Joe is in the in the in the chat already this morning. We're a little bit earlier than usual, so uh, it might be a little bit later arriving crowd. And I also shared this stream to a bunch of the Falcons Facebook groups. Uh, so if you're joining from there, say hey. Make sure you hit that like button and uh, join us. We're, we are live every Monday at 8.45 and every Wednesday at 9. So far, we could be adding that as we go along. So good morning, Joe. Appreciate you being here. And as you check in, again, say hi in the chat. This is a lot more fun uh, when it's interactive. Um, but reactions to the game. It's like the score is incidental in a game like this. You you really want to know, you know, how did player X look? How did this player look? Not necessarily, oh, how did, uh, you know, how did he end up losing the game? You know, I don't really care, honestly. Um, 
but watching, you know, first impressions and gut reaction, um, I'll start with a quarterback. Um, I feel like everybody starts with a quarterback, but in this case, we're going to start with, uh, with Marcus Mariota and his play. And uh, Marcus Mariota was sharp, razor sharp. Um, you know, he had some help, obviously, because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about as well. Uh, I actually took a screenshot of his touchdown pass, uh, which I'll share here in just a moment. Uh, but he got going with, uh, and we'll start here with Joe. He says, let's start with the underthrown ball to start the game by Mariota. Uh, Joe, that was the the one that goes to Kyle Pitts for a long game. And if, and if he gets it out there a little bit farther, you know, that is a touchdown. Um, it was more of a timing thing. If you watch the, 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 the replay of it, Mariota hitches just a little bit, which is going to sap some of his, some of his velocity and some of his, is able to get the ball downfield. That also might be one of the reasons he was so wide open. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts called the defensive back scared pedaling, which is kind of funny for backpedaling. Uh, said he was scared pedaling. He threw a little, you know, shoulder fake on him. The guy breaks down and he's right by him. When he's breaking, when he's going straight back, if he's got his eyes at the backfield at all, and you get that, even that little hitch from Mariota, that might be enough to help too. So yeah, it was underthrown a little bit, but I thought considering he wasn't able to get his, hit his whole body into it after that initial hitch, a nice play to open the game for sure. One-on-one coverage on the outside. Um, and, and let me tell you, I did. I like this crew for the most part. They talk too much about the Jets. I was actually going to open up with, you know, welcome to the Falcon show since you watched the Jets show on ESPN last night. Um, but th- some of the things that I wanted to say, they were pointing out on that. Like when they show the graphic of Kyle Pitts' receiving yards, he had a little over a thousand yards. And when over... 900 of it is coming either in the slot or wide receiver. Someone says, well, is he really a tight end? You know, that's a fair point. Is he a wide receiver? Is he tight end? When he comes time to get paid, he's going to want to be a wide receiver. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. You know, when we're talking about, oh, the first tight end to do this, first tight end to do that. When he's on the line, he's blocking. When he's out wide, he's a weapon. Uh, plain and simple. Jeremy Sean coming in this morning. Says, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Jeremy. Uh, appreciate you being here. So, so, yeah, it was a little bit of an underthrown ball, but a good play. I, I'm perfectly happy with that play from, from Mariota and Pitts. You know, if you get single coverage with Pitts on the outside against a cornerback that's giving up not just six inches in height on him, but probably a foot in reach also, man, throw the ball up to the big man. So uh, I was very happy with that play. And watching Mariota, we know he can run. I, I watched him play in high school. And uh, the first time I saw him, because I didn't get out to Hawaii that year, was uh, was actually in South Carolina in the offense-defense all-star game over at Myrtle Beach. Ironically, the two quarterbacks there were Johnny Manziel and Marcus Mariota, who went on to much better careers than anybody that at the Under Armour All-American game or the Army All-American game. So you just never know, especially at that position. And I was like, man, this kid can fly. So we knew he can run. Uh, I was very impressed yesterday with his ability to throw. I mean, we know he can. He was very accurate on the run, his rolling to the right, his rolling to the left, and throwing the ball and moving the pocket was very, very good. Now, on that touchdown play, I want to open up this. Uh, I took a screenshot of this I want to share. And when Nick gets in here, we'll talk about it a little bit because I'm a trench player person. Uh, I watch the trenches um, 
I'm old school in the fact that I believe if you can win up front, if you win the trenches, you're going to win the game. It's changed a little bit through time as they've turned this into more of a seven on seven game and the, the certain things you can't do. But if you look over right here, if you can see where I'm circling with my mouse, that's where the ball goes to Zacchaeus. And you can't see him yet, but you know who knows where he's going to be there is Marcus Mariota knows where he's going to be there because look at this protection. You've got your interior line squash the defensive tackles. You've got Caleb McGarry over here with, uh, I believe, right guard was probably Lindstrom. I'm thinking this is probably Dahlman and Elijah Wilkinson here on the in the center. And Jake Matthews handling his guy. So a four-man rush, 1v1. This, you don't have this kind of look in 7v7, for goodness sakes. So this was just the epitome of a beautiful play. Mariota hits, throws a ball so good, it actually hits the left inside shoulder pad of Zacchaeus. I mean, he had to catch it because it stuck in his armpit. It was how good of a throw this was for Mariota. So just uh, as, as Joe comes in here and says, you know, that, that play, the line was beautiful. Yes, yes, it was. And let me get back to a little bit more of, of the good, the good here. Kayla McGarry. Caleb McGarry, two games in a row, has been good. Not just okay. Not just okay for Caleb McGarry. He has been good. Uh, the two biggest question marks you're going into on this season on the Atlanta Falcons, again, I start in the trenches. I don't care about the wide receivers if you can't block. If you can't run the ball because you can't run block, and if you can't protect the passer because you can't pass block, I don't care who your wide receivers are. So let's start there. Not I don't, I don't care what kind of engine you've got if your, your tires are flat. So let's start there at the base, at the foundation. Left tackle, Jake Matthews, solid. Not spectacular, not $20 million a year. He's overpaid. Forget that. He's a, he's a solid player. We move over to last year to Jalen Mayfield was at left guard. We got a good look at Jalen Mayfield again in this game, and it's ugly. It, 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 you 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 watch the game and you wonder how did they win seven games with Jalen Mayfield at left guard? I, I I feel like he's regressed, like he's even gotten it, it, it's like was he? I know he was bad last year, but my goodness, was he this bad last year? He was pretty bad. Elijah Wilkinson has been again not an all pro, but serviceable. If he gets average left guard play, that's a massive improvement. And he was good. He was very good. I know. You're going against the Jets twos. I know that. Keep some perspective. It's preseason. I don't care. You're going to go against Jets twos during the course of a game. It's not like the offense where you're basically starting the same five offensive linemen and the quarterback. Those six guys don't leave the field for the offense for the most part. You rotate your skill players who are doing all the running. Defense is going to rotate a lot. So you're going to see a lot of those guys over the course of a game. And the offensive line handled him. Drew Dahlman was the starting center this time. Last week, it was Matt Hennessy. This time, it was Drew Dahlman, second-year pro out of Stanford. Stanford. Why do I want to say Boston College? No, it was Stanford. Pretty sure on that one. Uh, second-year man at center. He was getting a solid push on the inside. Chris Lindstrom was a beast. Um, I focused so much on McGarry. I didn't. The second time I watched the second half, I watched, tried to watch more of the offensive line. Chris Lindstrom was nasty. He was really good. And McGarry was really good also. So he's using that size and that wingspan that even if he's not getting the first engagement, he's chipping guys, just knocking them off balance. Give your skill players a chance to make a move around some players. So 
Uh, Caleb McGarry was very good. So the offensive line was good. Very good. Um, Want to flip over to uh, the defensive side of the ball, talking about the good as well. There is a name. I feel like we're all going to – let me close out this window here. There's a name and a number that we're all going to have to start remembering because he's taken a huge step up. He was one of my bigger question marks from last year when I said, yeah, he's, he started and played a lot as a rookie, but he wasn't very good. Does that mean you had a good draft class or not? The jury's out. Taquan Graham, defensive lineman, defensive tackle, big end in a 3-4, moved inside into a 4-3. Guess what? It didn't matter. When they tried to block, when the Jets tried to block him with one guy yesterday, it, it was they, they couldn't do it. Um, there was a play I saw right off the right off the bat. It was a second play from scrimmage, and I took the notes down. I said on the second play from defense, the Jets try and run wide right. Now I don't know if it was a design run right. I'd have to uh, run left. It was the right side of the Falcons defense. I'd have to uh, to watch it again, but it, it felt like it was designed run left. Anthony Rush at nose guard takes two guys on and holds his ground, even pushes them back just a little bit. Beautiful. Thing of beauty. That's your job, man. It's not glamorous, but if you can occupy two defensive linemen right away like that, you are doing your job. Uh, Great job. And then um, next to him on his right was, uh, was Taquan Graham. He knocked his guy three yards into the backfield. Took, made the run, made the the running back have to veer deeper instead of coming short straight at that left tackle. He ended up veering deeper. And if you remember last year, one of the bigger complaints I had about Fabian Moreau was his inability to seal an edge at all, at all. He turned around when he started getting blocked by a wide receiver. He basically would turn and run for the freaking stance. It drove me nuts. That that's an effort play. That's a that's a mindset. Well, guess who ends up making the tackle? Cornerback Casey Hayward comes in and makes a tackle on that play. So Nick should be here. Uh, Nick should be here shortly. I guess I didn't send him a link. So let me send him a link real quick. Uh, one moment. Let me see how to do that here. <laughs> um, I complained a lot last year about uh, about about Fabian Moreau. And um, Casey Hayward, I said, was going to be a very big upgrade. And again, from what I saw real quick, that was the case. So Nick should be here any minute. I guess I didn't send him a link to come in and join us. So we'll take care of that here real quick. And um, and then uh, let's see. Uh, Blizzard Mike comes in uh, on YouTube. He says, we lost the same old ugly Falcons fashion last night, but it's preseason. Um, go Falcons. So again, the good for me is Taquan Graham is turning into a really good defensive lineman. If we go through where this team has the biggest questions, left guard, Elijah Wilkinson seems to be much better. Right tackle, interior options. Caleb McGarry is stepping up his game. Corner, opposite A.J. Terrell. Good signing. Casey Hayward is playing well. Defensive line, Anthony Rush has looked solid. Uh, Looks solid so far. Again, I know it's not always against the ones. But Taquan Graham is stepping up internally and making a very good, uh, doing very well. Uh, let me answer Nick real quick and make sure he knows that uh, I sent his link on Twitter link. 
Thank you. And then he'll be coming in shortly. Apologize to those of you listening after the fact. Uh, technical difficulties. Um, he should be able just to come in and hit enter, but you know how things go. Um, I'll tell you another defensive player that caught my attention was Amir Abdullah. Uh, there were a bunch of them, not just, again, I'm watching the trench play a lot. Okay. Okay. Former, whatever. I'm sure he played for the bears at some point. Everybody did. It's pretty safe to say that. Oh yeah. Former bear. Um, he was get a, a big, big man over 300 pounds, got a solid push. And then in the, at the end of the, into the, it was either in the first quarter or first play of the second quarter, right in that, the, the, the Jets decided to try and run a, a screen pass. It was almost like a middle screen. So the players, you release the linemen and let them come free. And it's, it's really a good, if you're watching the NFL combine, they always do the agility drills when they're having them run corners. It's the, the three cone is the best drill to, to simulate this. But Abdullah comes in free recognizes and cuts 90 degrees on a dime and chases down and makes a tackle on a delayed screen. It's a 300 pound defensive lineman. I was like, yes, sir. Yes, please. Very happy with, uh, with what I saw from Abdir, uh, um, Amir Abdullah, um, as well. Um, I, I think I was a little hard at the beginning, going back to the ugly on, on Jalen Mayfield fourth and goal and Jalen Mayfield, and is called for a procedure penalty. I'm like, oh God, come on, man! Um, takes him out of out of scoring, out of a fourth and goal at the one. End up kicking a field goal. When I, watching the replay, Arthur Smith jumped Desmond Ritter and Matt Hennessy, the center. So I think that's where it was because as I watched the replay, uh, Jermaine Afridi jumped as well. So there was some snap trouble, which happens all the time. When you change quarterbacks, playing offense can be very hard. So I was willing to give uh, Mayfield a little bit of a, a pass on that one. But as far as the ugly goes, the penalties. Uh, the penalties were were a little on the ridiculous side. Uh, let me see. How much did it end up being? I think it ended up being about 13 penalties um, in the third quarter. So let me check the box. Team stats, penalties. It was at the end of the third quarter, the, the, the Falcons, I think, were at 10 for like 110 yards. They finished with 13 penalties for 121 yards. That is ugly. Um, now, again, going back to Blizzard, it, it was a loss, but it wasn't necessarily a loss loss because the, 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 what we saw in the first half was the players that we will see. They look good. They looked really good. I don't care if it was the Jets twos. Uh, what's not ugly is Nick Kendall coming in, though, and I want to say hello to Nick and thank you for joining us. And I'm sorry, I, I forgot to send you that link. For some reason, I think you can just come in and see it, and then you, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, well, morning. <laughs> welcome in, Nick. This is a gut reaction. Um, so uh, we'll get right to it. You know, we we we're not going to waste any time. You know, watching the game last night. What were some of the quick thoughts, like the? First things you thought of when you saw when you saw this this game uh kyle pitts is an alien um i know it wasn't a lot of games but the play he had on bryce hall right they have a Bryce hall and a bryce hall there i think it was bryce hall the cornerback for the jets um was unbelievable and then i saw a twitter thread after that like which skill position players would you take to start a franchise with over kyle pitts right now and the only two names that came to mind for me were justin jefferson and uh jamar chase after that it's probably Kyle Pitts. Um, so man, he looked, yeah, and those are arguable. Yeah, those are arguable. You know? I think, 
given what we saw last year from Chase, it'd be hard to take Cal Pitts over him right now. But again, one but it's in the size. argument. Like, like yes. so you, yeah. you've heard me use a phrase. I don't, I don't argue levels of elite. If you said Kyle Pitts and I said Jamar Chase, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I, I get yeah. that. That's a, that's a good choice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that play that he made, the size that he has, and the ability to sink his hips and change directions. I mean, just unbelievable. I thought both quarterbacks looked really good as well. Uh, Mariota running around making some plays with his arm, and I, maybe it's a matter of time uh, this season for when, uh, especially with the probably with the Falcons will be on defense and the offensive line overall uh, compared to the, most of their opponents. Uh, is it a matter of time until uh, Desmond Ritter gets the nod? Cause he looked really good again as well. He's been the best rookie I've seen so far this season. I think at quarterback. Yeah. I, I think if Mariota plays any semblance of where he was playing yesterday, then, then he'll have the job. You know um, if there's other parts that cause, you know, if he starts losing games, you know, again, this is preseason, um, I thought the crew last night was a little talk too much about New York. Um, but, and, and I'm aware of that. I know the, the refs are always out to get us and the announcers are biased. Those are universal truths among, among fans. Uh, so I'm aware of that and still was like, okay, enough of the jets fellas. Good Lord. Especially in the first half when the Falcons were beating the brakes off them. Um, and Orlowski would say, you know, hey, let's, but let's give the Falcons credit as he would, you know, they'd realize that all they'd said was jets, jets, jets for the first, yeah. you know, for the last five minutes of any given time. Um, but as far as, you know, Mariota goes, if he plays like he did, I, I, I think it, you know, the job will be his, but Ritter has looked solid and, and it, that should present you lots of good options in the draft next year. <laughs> <laughs> lots of good options. Let's say hello to some other folks that have come in as, as the, the, the stream has unwound just a little bit. Albert Knoppers has come in and said hello. And Dana Miller coming in uh, saying our first and seconds were great. Um, and Dave as well comes in and says, Scott, do you think we'll see Coach Peace on the sidelines this season or does it really matter? I don't know what he, he's been like in the past. You know, he's been a, a coordinator for years and years and years and years. And if he's more comfortable on the sidelines, by God, he's going to be on the sidelines. That That's just who he is. Um, if this is something new, then maybe he goes back. But I, I don't know enough about him um, to know if if that's where he normally is. And Albert says, uh, good morning, Nick, as well. Good morning. And, um, and Jamal comes in. He says, good morning, fellas. People are sleeping on the Jets. They have a lot of quality depth. They're twos and wonders. Our team uh, are threes and twos on some teams. And they can't keep everybody. Hopefully, we'll get a few of them. Um, kind of felt like that watching the Bills and Broncos. Um, what they're uh, watching that game, which we'll talk about here. Nick and I will do uh, Broncos for breakfast in 20 minutes over on Mile High Huddle. But they have 16 defensive linemen, and they'll probably keep nine. Uh, if you stash two of those guys on the practice squad, then there's going to be five of them will be available. That's how I felt watching the Bills. So. There's some depth in the state of New York uh, on those defensive lines for sure, Nick. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I thought the Falcons held their own pretty well until the uh, the very end of the game. It kind of, you know, not to take words out of your mouth, but falconing it up uh, towards <laughs> the end, you know, kind of letting the game, uh, what is it, snatching victory from the jaw or snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. But I mean, you're talking about the backups, backups there at the end of the game. So some discipline issues. I think Arthur Smith said as uh, said as much as well, but overall, I mean, the final score doesn't say the Falcons won, but I thought they looked like the better team and they just let it kind of slip away at the end, which is 
by far the least important part of these preseason games. Yeah, again, like I said, I, I'm not too worried. I think Blizzard Blizzard came in and said, uh, you know, we lost in the same old ugly way. And, yeah. and, and I, you weren't here, uh, Nick, but I, I said I was taking my my son to the, and daughter up to the bus stop. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, of course they lost. I'm like, no, no, this is different. This, this is different. As far as I'm concerned, this was a win. Why? Because they had some questions. We don't have the answers until the live bullets start flying. And I'm careful to say that on YouTube. Um, you have to watch what you're saying. Um, but Kayla McGarry was good. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson was good. And, and at times, this, this Falcons line couldn't block their way out of a wet paper bag last year. So even if they're beating up on twos, you're going to face a lot of twos in the NFL over the course of a 70 play 65 play game you're gonna face second stringers so that's okay with me this was this was definitely a a step in the right direction the quarterback play was good offensive line play was good and again Taquan Graham is answering a big question that's two games in a row where he has looked like arguably the best defender on the field for the Falcons yeah, he uh, stood out again. Really good to see him out of the University of Texas, second-year player, uh, needing somebody to step up with the likes of, uh, oh, my gosh. Um, Grady, Grady Jarrett. Jarrett. Grady Jarrett. for sure, yep. yeah. Grady Jarrett needing some help also, given Grady Jarrett's size, his age, I mean, where the game is going right now with a lot more gap-and-a-half technique across the front rather than, you know, the pin-your-ears-back three-technique looks. Um, getting somebody out there next to him will do a lot of good for that entire defensive line. I'll tell you watching the Broncos game, bringing it back. I'm like, man, I could use myself a uh, Graham on this Broncos defensive line mm-hmm. right now as well, because they are getting bullied. And I thought Graham, you know, held his own, uh, did a good job playing the run lanes. And yeah, what um, was nice about it, Nick is he was, he was playing both positions. He was yep. playing three, four end and he was playing four, three tackle, yep. uh, which, and he, he was a standout in both. Very, very pleased, very pleased. Um, he got brought up this week from Arthur Smith. Uh, someone asked about him because I thought he had a good game. Someone asked him about him in the press conference. And I posted the video of him on uh, on my YouTube channel because I'm like, shoot, Arthur Smith kind of gets mad when you ask him about individual players. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that he was able to say, yeah, he's done really well. Looks like he's he's he has taken that next step. Um, a, a big leap, I think he called it. Uh, I'm like, well, hell, that's gushing. For, for Arthur Smith, but he's uh, he's deserved. Edwin Rosario coming in on Facebook. Good morning, Edwin. Uh, he says, good morning. Desmond Ritter was calm, collective, and sharp with his passes. Desmond Ritter was really good. Um, arm strength was there. Accuracy was there. There's a couple rookie things in there with cadence and timing. So what? Second preseason game. Um, you know, he got his ass chewed on that fourth and goal. Um, him and Hennessy both did. And then... You could see one where, um, and and the, again, the, the broadcast guys caught it where he didn't let the the guys in motion give them time to get set, and they panned Arthur Smith. The ESPN they did a really good job with this game yesterday, um, you know, including the the, the broadcast stuff, because then they panned Arthur Smith, and Arthur Smith, you read his lips, he says, "You gotta let him get set." Come on, man, you know it was it was basic stuff. So what, Edwin? I'm not too worried about that. Those are. Those are easy, easy things to fix. So uh, Mark Schrader coming in on Facebook. Good morning, Mark. Appreciate you being here. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, 
Mark has gotten us kicked off with some stars. So thank Ooh. you. Stars are a good way to show uh, some appreciation for the effort. Uh, And Mark is always a huge supporter of the show. So thank you very much. Uh, And Jason L comes in and says, uh, Ritter's talent is undeniable. Uh, I didn't watch as much college last year as I used to in the past. Of course, I used to watch, you know, 10 games a a weekend. Um, But I didn't really see him until Senior Bowl. You know, I saw flashes against Alabama and stuff and, you know, Alabama's made many of good quarterbacks look bad uh, at the college level. Um, But when I was at the senior bowl, I was like, this might be my favorite quarterback here. You know, Malik Willis was there. Um, Mac Jones was here before. Who was the guy? Kenny Pickett was there. There were were several good ones there, but he had a nice smooth throwing motion, good size and could run. Who do you remind me a lot of Marcus Mariota, Nick? Yeah. No, not maybe not number two overall Mariota, but if you put him in that Oregon right. system, that was, you know, hyperspeed with Chip Kelly. Maybe we're talking a different type of game here. And obviously Mariota hasn't lived up to the number two overall slot as well. So I could see that uh, Ritter. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, calm. I think he's definitely you can tell that he started a lot of games in college. Uh, there are some things that he still needs to work on, but I thought his uh, his accuracy, I think, has looked better than what I saw at Cincinnati as well. Sometimes he's a little bit scattershot. Uh, at Cincinnati, it wasn't really just a singular issue. It was just he wasn't very precise throw to throw. Uh, but he had some pretty good, accurate uh, throws in this game and some tight windows as well. So, again, uh, I think it's a matter of time to see him out there this year. Now, do you want to marry yourself to a third-round drafted uh, quarterback? Mm-hmm. It, depending on how he looks this year, maybe you have a conversation about that uh, But and what other quarterbacks are available. But right now, you got to be intrigued uh, in the very least. And uh, if he you can go a totally different route roster building this team than what you've had the last few years. We had very little resources and a very expensive quarterback. You go the cost controlled, cheap uh, quarterback route. Golly, talk about roster. cheap, a third round quarterback. Yeah. Like nothing uh, comparatively. That's, you could, that's pennies, um, yep. you know, pennies. Uh, and then having, um, then, and then you don't, if you decide not, you know, then you don't have to go quarterback with your first round pick and you can trade up, trade down. And then you've got a hundred million dollars in the bank to go find some free agents this next year. Is going to, and again, it's free season. You know, yeah. they talk, it was fun listening to Arlovsky talk about being with the with the Lions on that 0 and 16 team. So they went 4 and 0. We thought we were going to be good. And then we were 0 and 16. You know, yes, it's a preseason, but what am I looking for? I'm looking for signs of improvement. You know, and last year's team, yeah, they were 7 and 10. And, and, and people will look at that and say, okay, they should, if they're improving, the record should improve. Not necessarily. That team last year wasn't very good. They played some other really bad teams and had a good quarterback, a good kicker, Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts, and eked out some eked out seven wins. They could actually have a, a worse record, but be better. Ha- have a gaping hole at left guard, not having being a sieve on the right side of their defensive line, getting more than eighteen sacks. And, and speaking of which, um, the uh, the Ogan Deji roughing the passer. Were you able to see that one? Yeah, um, that was a rough call, I think, also, mm-hmm. but it's preseason. So um, if it was the regular season, maybe you'd want to fight that one a little bit more. But they're kind of, you know, I think the the refs are going through as much like, OK, this is kind of what it looks like. This let's work even the calls out. <laughs> and, and I, uh, you know, I started typing. I, I started typing before I heard the, the announcers. Um, I said the rough, the roughing the passer call in Ogandeji was bunk. And I typed, I said the running back cut blocks him, you know, 
he falls into his legs. Where's he supposed to go? And then I hear Steve Levy and them talk about it. And they're like, wait a minute. They're not supposed to call this anymore. I was like, okay, thanks, guys. You've heard me say before, I kind of judge a crew based on, are they saying what I'm thinking? Are they answering the questions that I have? Yep. Um, so I thought, you know, for the most part, they did good. there's no way that should be a roughing the passer, um, a roughing the passer penalty on him. Um, speaking of accuracy, you mentioned Desmond Ritter. 10 of 13 for 143 yards. Um, and strangely enough, you know, no rushing yards, yep, which is kind of cool. You know, I mean, yeah. we know he can sit back in the pocket and throw. He's got, you know, as uh, as Jason says, Ritter's talent is undeniable. He, he does have a lot of talent. And I, he's a steal in the third round. You know, Nick, when you and I were doing mock drafts, we didn't have any problem taking him with the Falcons' second round pick that they used mm-hmm. at about 36 Yep. Um, probably closer to 40 um, on uh, on Arnold Ebiketti. The fact they were able to get Ebiketti and Ritter, nice, nice yeah. job. Very pleased with this. Yeah, no, I think the uh, probably the best case, you don't want to put any like limitations on a guy, but uh, the best case scenario you're hoping for here is a guy drafted this area who's a good athlete. Um, accuracy was good, but maybe not elite, and playing on a team that was, you know, not – not elite as well. I know they made, I know they made the playoffs, but again, it's the, what was it, the Atlantic 10? I can't, big, the US. I don't know. A- which, it's all either the Big 10 or SEC right now. So they're joining the Big 12. Cincinnati is. Um, but, uh, excuse me, ACC or AAC, I think they were. Anyway, um, he kind of, I think the pathway you're hoping for here with Ritter is a uh, Dak Prescott um, early on coming in, laying like, okay, wow, we're seeing the flashes. He is an athlete, but he doesn't have to be an athlete. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's a get out of jail card. He can use that to pick up some yards. He can use that to extend plays. Uh, he is intelligent, seems poised. Um, we might have something here. So again, <laughs> putting the Dak Prescott tag on him this early would be uh, malpractice because Dak Prescott is a top 10, 12 quarterback in football and has proven it multiple times. And also the the nest around Dak Prescott to come in, come into the league was a lot different uh, than what Ritter is going to have coming in. Right. Obviously, the, the Cowboys had the best offensive line in football. Ezekiel Elliott. Traded for Amari Cooper. I mean, that that team was perfect for young quarterback to come in. Not so be, we can discuss this again yeah. uh, at another time. We're, we're, we're getting close to, we've got about yeah. five or six minutes here. Um, but when you were talking about, you know, you used the Cincinnati Bengals as a reference, not now, but before, Andy mm-hmm. Dalton was a good quarterback until they had to give him a second, second contract. Yeah. Is that kind of where the Dak Prescott is? It's like Dak Prescott is good, but he's not a $30 million quarterback. That ends up, that ends up hurting your team a little bit based on what you're able to, and we can discuss that yeah. in, in the future, but if you can get a 10 to 12 quarterback for third round money for the next four years, you can build a hell of a roster. Again, we're at 40% of the, we're, we're missing 40% of the roster in Atlanta right now based on salary cap uh, snafus, including Deion Jones, who we may or may not see again. Um, but if you include Matt Ryan, Dante Fowler, Julio Jones, and Deion Jones, those four guys count 40% of your salary cap for this year. You're missing 40% of your team. You know, yeah. So if you're able to hold down the cost with a quarterback, as, as you're saying, with, with Desmond Ritter and ends up becoming a starter, and dump what's 40, it's about $80 million, $80 million back into your team. Look out. That could be a lot of fun. And, and Richie Rich comes in you know, with some, again, we're, we're looking for, you know, don't necessarily care about wins and losses in the preseason, but it's more about the process. You know, how did the team look? 
And Richie says, you can't fix the third string. That was extremely hard to watch. There was a penalty. I, I turned it, I ended up turning it off, Richie, uh, at the beginning of the fourth. I was like, I, I don't need to see a penalty every play. This, this isn't football anymore. Um, these are guys that we'll be, we'll be writing about in a, in a long line of these are the guys who have been cut from the Falcons 80 um, to get to the 53 next Tuesday. Um, that the, the cut down day. So speaking of which cut down day is today, Nick, um, yeah. where they go from 85 to 80. Um, I don't know how well, you know, the back end of the roster, but have you looked and seen at some of them? I've, and I can bail you out on this cause I've got some guys in mind. Um, you know, have you looked and seen some of the guys you think could be on the bubble? Um, and, you know, and also one of the bubble guys that I that becomes real interested to me is, is Jared Bernhardt, the uh, mm-hmm. the receiver, return man, special teams, lacrosse player. From what I've seen, man, I'd find a spot on this team for this kid, even if it's the practice squad and you flex him a few times. You know, he's tough. You got to be half insane to play lacrosse at that level. Yeah. Um, I love some of the comps for lacrosse players. Uh, our own Patrick Kearney is one of them from Atlanta. Great player for the Falcons for a long time. And obviously the one and only Jim Brown was an all American lacrosse player. Um, he had, and, and, and Bernhardt isn't just, you know, a nice story. He had three catches for 67 yards and was returning kicks yesterday. He's, he's an athlete who's learning to play this game. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's true. I think he's practicing. I think he'll probably end up on the practice squad. I uh, don't know the back end of the Falcons roster enough to have a strong opinion on this, but uh, Rick Leonard was one who I thought was beat um, pretty bad in every left rep tackle. I've seen. From him. When they came in and Leonard at left tackle and Mayfield at left guard, it, it was ugly. Yep. It, it was ugly. And he's a, uh, he, I don't think he has very much uh, skin in, in this, you know, he's battling for the swing tackle spot. If you keep him on the roster, that's a, that's a concern for me. Yeah, I, uh, I I agree with you. Um, you know, do they need his, him in camp long enough to go one more week? Um, you know, Maybe. we'll see. I don't think he makes a roster at all. Uh, Rich, Rich said I felt bad for Felipe. Um, I did too. That said, um, I said when he was coming out, he shouldn't be drafted as a quarterback, and he wasn't drafted as a quarterback. The more I see him play quarterback, the more I'm glad he's playing tight end because he is a very good athlete. And I don't know if you noticed him out there, I saw 15 flashing a few times on special teams. Yeah. You know, so he's going to do, I, I think he's got a spot on this roster, Richie, just because he's an emergency quarterback, jumbo athlete that can do a bunch of different things. Um, one of the guys that teased Tabor, uh, one of the safeties, he's listed third string safety. Um, and again, I, like I said, you can say former Chicago Bear on everybody that is on the back end of this roster. He didn't look good at all um uh, and former bronco mike ford i think a defensive back could be on the could be on the bubble when you start looking looking uh at these at these players you see a bunch of running backs you know there's still six running backs out there there's six tight ends uh it's a little thin um on on the offensive line there's three deep each way they're not carrying you know 16 guys and it's a little thin on the defensive line um you know so you know, you're not really quite sure. They're not going to carry all of those those linebackers. I really like what I've seen from Dorian Etheridge, but is he going to be able to, to keep a spot again or not? Um, that will be close, but I'm not a huge fan of Tease Tabor and Mike Ford in the defensive secondary. 
Yeah, no, Mike Ford, especially he was beat like a drum that first game. Um, been bouncing around the league for a bit. He's probably a good call as well. So, um, and Dave says, I think it was uh, by design that the Falcons quarterbacks didn't run last night. Well, you know, for the most part, they didn't have to, you know, which, which is also something you're looking for. Um, let's see. There were 16 of 23 for 255 yards and a touchdown Ritter and, um, and Mariota. Not, you're not going to run <laughs> if you don't yeah. have to. Um, so it was, it was, it does not, you don't want them running much anyway. You know, it's something as simple. They showed the replay of Zach Wilson, non-contact, just put a cut on it and he goes, you know, guys protect yourselves. Mariota came out in that first play last week and kind of went all hero on him. I think he probably was told, Hey, don't be a hero. Uh, he, he got that message, got that message early. Um, the starters played a good deal on, on both sides of the ball, which, you know, frankly, I've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, as we head towards the final game of the season, of the preseason this week, you know, what are you, what are you looking for? Um, what are we looking for to finish here? Uh, looking for the offensive line to continue to work together. I think this is a team that the running game is going to need to function to help those quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to be a super high volume passing game. So the offensive line continuing to work together, seeing what the running back split looks like. I thought Tyler Algier uh, looked like the best of the running backs in this game. Is he going to be one who can take that second spot and be the hammer to uh, the, I guess the lightning of Cordell Patterson. Mm -hmm. We'll see Quadre Olson's interesting as well. And then just the quarterback battle. Um, can Desmond Ritter continue to look so talented that there's maybe like the disparity between him and Mariota is like, okay, Mariota, we really like what you're doing. We appreciate you. We need to find out what we have in the young kids. So it really, I mean, Desmond Ritter show what's going on there. That's the biggest question this team has going forward. One, one more takeaway before we get out of here. Um, D Alford uh, has been a name that we've heard a lot in camp and he was playing the, the nickel cornerback spot as Isaiah Oliver still recovers from his injury. And I'm just watching this and watching D out there making a nice open field tackle playing really well and thinking, okay, how much better can this defense be? We've talked about Taquan Graham being a, a massive upgrade over, well, Taquan Graham making a big step up in his second year. Uh, Lorenzo Carter was getting a push. Arnold Abichetti was getting a, was, was, was doing some good things. The edge is going to be better. Let's look at the cornerbacks. My goodness. Last year you had AJ Terrell really good. You had Fabian Moreau really bad. And after Isaiah Oliver went down, you had, Avery Williams, who has been moved to running back, trying to chase around CeeDee Lamb in the Dallas Cowboys game. Or you dropped in Richie Grant. Now you'll have D. Alford. You'll have Isaiah Oliver. So you'll have some players at that spot that are just going to be so much better that, again, you're missing almost half your team still. Again, I, I made that point. This is preseason. But this team will be better this year across the board. They will be better this year. And they, they should be more fun to watch because they won't have as many. This guy shouldn't be in the NFL players on the field like they did last year. Yeah. Yep. Should be better. Um, I'm excited to watch this team this year. Obviously, getting to know them better and better. And uh, it feels like they are not a rudderless ship anymore, which kind of was the even though it's seven and ten team last year. Um didn't feel like they had direction or like purpose uh, direction. So now pictures coming together, going to be impressive to see uh, and interesting to see how this team building process goes. Survive. That was the goal <laughs> last year was survive. 
Um, on that note, we're going to get out of here. Nick and I are going to hop on over to Mile High Huddle and talk some Broncos. But we will be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern to talk our regular Wednesday Forging the Falcons. So that's when we plan on seeing you. And uh, thank you, Mark Schrader, for coming in with the stars, our superstar, uh, our star or with the uh, with yeah with the stars, our, our superstar supporter this morning, uh, and everybody else for participating in the chat. And we will see you tomorrow morning.